movie, the last blockbuster, which I just saw on Netflix this weekend. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that because I want to talk about video stores. I want to talk about the last blockbuster. Um, adjust the lighting a little bit here. There we go. Just make it make the room a little more bright. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about the last blockbuster. So this is a movie on Netflix. And basically, it's a documentary about the last Blockbuster video store. Um, I got my headband on, rocking to the, you know, the 80s. Because um, we're talking about the last, last Blockbuster. But, uh, um, yeah. So, basically, the movie starts out, and it talks about, you know, video stores. So, the premise of the movie is we're talking about the last Blockbuster. It starts out talking about video stores and, you know, how they started and became popular in the 80s with the video cassette, you know, they go down memory lane with several different people and talk about video stores, how Blockbuster became super popular and how it kind of faded out of existence and what it means to people today and the, the current last Blockbuster. So, you know, I'm not gonna spoil anything from the movie. I mean, there's nothing to spoil, it's history. So like, it's not like a movie, it's a documentary. So you should kind of know what happens. But uh, we could talk a little bit about some of the stuff. So first of all, let me talk about my thoughts on the movie, the documentary, I should say. And then let's talk about um, my reflection of my own video experience and what I kind of what I think and about videos and stuff like that. So um, basically, the interesting thing that I learned from the movie was kind of the what caused blockbuster to go downhill so as most of you remember it was blockbuster versus netflix and i always thought that blockbuster went down in flames because of netflix um but it turns out that wasn't really the case and reflecting back i remember blockbuster was competing with netflix and they actually it seemed like they had more money and a better chance of surviving so it all made sense what they explained in the movie that basically the reason blockbuster went down in flames is some bad business where people took out loans against Blockbuster, some people who owned it or ran it took out loans against the company. And when 2007, the economy tanked from the housing market, those loans needed to be be paid. Blockbuster couldn't do that. And they basically had a had to liquidate. So that's why Blockbuster went out of business, basically because of the housing crash, which is rather interesting. It wasn't because of Netflix. They actually were in a good position to compete with Netflix and probably could have beat them. Um, so yeah, rather, that's rather interesting to find out. Um, otherwise, yeah, it was really cool to hear about just the last store and it brought back a lot of memories. And I started reflecting on that and thinking like, whoa, what would a video store look like today? And, and is there any need for it? So let's talk about it. So first, my first experience with the, with the video store was when I was a really little kid. I mean, we're talking like 83, 84 going to a video store with my dad. I remember it was at a, it was actually a sub shop um, in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, a sub shop called Door Days. And there was a wall on the sub, and this was like a really skinny, like it's a sub shop, like small room basically. Um, and there was one wall that had a bunch of videotapes and you could rent them. It was called Skips Video, I think it was called part of Dorday's sub shop. Those of you from Lewisburg would definitely remember it. But you would look on the wall and they had all the tapes there. Um, and basically they would have like the, you know, the 
video, the the case, and the, they'd actually have the movie like right in it. <laughs> you would take your movie that you wanted, you know, and probably E.T. was there at the time. Take it up to the front, pay the rental fee, and I remember the first few times we went there, we actually had to rent a VCR as well because we didn't have one. So we rented a VCR, and we were able to. Um, you know, get what we wanted. I remember getting like the, you know, the, the, uh, Return of the Jedi when it first came out and like, you know, just getting all those movies. And then eventually that video store grew into a larger one, a much larger one, which was right down the road from my house, which is kind of cool. So me and my friends could always bike there. I remember that, uh, the video store had like this, like money. It wasn't like a blockbuster. It was a like, generic video store, you know, like hometown video store. They had like generic hometown video store money which basically, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I do know my parents were really poor when I was a little kid. So this was like anything that was like a deal they were all about. So I was able to rent tons of movies because of this. So basically what it was is if you spent $20 on this like coupon book, the coupon book was for like 40 fake dollars that could be redeemed at the video store. So basically you were paying like 50 cents for a dollar per dollar for every video. So if a video was $2 to rent, which it probably was at the time, you're really only paying a dollar per video if you were using like the video store money. So I remember my parents always had like the video store fake money, which to be honest with you, probably could have been printed out from my house, but my parents just didn't, we didn't have a printer and didn't, couldn't do that, but they could never get away with that today because people would have been scamming them and doing it. <laughs> but so yeah, so they did that. And uh, so I was able to rent tons of movies. I remember like going in and always seeing like what was coming, like the posters and always looking at the posters and always having like these weird uh, like visions of what I thought a movie would be like, you know, like the rated R ones that I wasn't allowed to watch, like what really happened in them. I, I was just so like mystifi mystified and like curious about what, the content of those movies would contain that like I it wasn't appropriate for me to see like I was always really curious about that stuff um and I remember like the different aisles like they had the the you know the most popular movies out like the new stuff and then they had different like sections of the video store like they had you know like western and action and comedy and stuff like that and then they had like the room that as a kid like you couldn't go into because like but you were really curious about what was in there like why was there a room in the video store that like a kid couldn't enter that was like closed off with no windows so like you always kind of would see like that door open and try to like look really quick to see what what was possibly in there but i don't know i i don't know what was in there because i was never allowed in so like i couldn't tell you today what was in that room because i don't know um, maybe they were like, I don't know, you get like a high five for going in. I don't know what you got. I, I don't know what was in there, so I can't speculate. I mean, I can probably guess what was in there today, but I don't know. I was never allowed in, so I can't tell you what was in that secret room. Um, but I remember when that video store, so we don't, still don't have Blockbuster in my town yet. This is like elementary school, so like elementary so let's say elementary i was like 10 years old so we're talking like 1990 uh, like 89 90 still no blockbuster but we had a pretty big you know hometown video store they finally this is really what changed video stores for me um in the late 90s 80s was when they started to get 
video games. I was able to rent video games. Those of you who've had one of these, you remember this clear case that said Nintendo on it. You could open it up and voila, your game would be inside. Oh man, you could rent video games. For those of you that don't remember or do remember, these games were for like $50 a piece, which was really expensive in, uh, you know, 1989. Like, if I wanted to rent these guys, like, especially when, like, you know, Mario 3 came out, or Mario, when Mario 2 came out, like, renting this, I was in fourth grade when Mario 2 came out, so, like, renting this game was a lot of money. Uh, was not cheap. I mean, buying it. So, like, I had to rent it. So, what was really cool was with my parents' fake money from the video store, we could rent it, come in these little things. I get it, you know, and the, the trick for the video store, <laughs> so here was the trick. So, the trick was if you rented a movie, the, so the video stores were closed on Sunday, and all the, uh, the, the stuff was, you know, either one or two day rental. So, if you got a two day rental, you could rent it on Friday, Friday, like afternoon. You wouldn't have to return it until Monday. And for the one day, the one night rentals, you could rent them on Saturday. And you didn't have to return them until Monday. So that was like the trick of the video store. So there was like, so my parents were all about like the, the saving and the discounts. So like they knew that if we used the funny money that we got from the video store, which gave us a 50% discount and rented our game over the weekend, I could get it for basically double the time and half the price. So that meant on like a Friday when I went and rented like Nintendo games, they would rent, let me rent like three or four games a weekend because they knew it was really like me renting like one or two. <laughs> so they were all about it. So I was, this is how I really got to play video games as a kid is like renting games. How I played Nintendo because my parents were too poor to let me, to pay for lots of games. So video stores saved me as a kid. Like I was, I grew up in a pretty poor household. My dad was a guidance counselor and my mom was taking care of the kids. Like he, he his salary was enough to qualify for welfare and food stamps. Like we were not, we had zero money until I was like in high school and they, they did career changes and stuff. Um, so I, I was really poor. So this was the only way I was playing anything. You know, I'm wearing my, actually wearing my Zelda shirt today. But the only way I was playing any video games is because of the video store, because they made it so cheap and accessible to people. All right, so that's like, you know, we're getting in the middle school. You know, the, the times I remember is going to the video store and seeing, like, all the games there and all the movies and, like, you know, being able to pick what I wanted for the weekend. So that's, like, middle school. And then we start to get into this, like, late middle school, high school. So late middle school, high school video stores. So we now have a video store in my town, which is called West Coast Video, which is basically like they were a big competitor of Blockbuster. And that actually turned into a Blockbuster in high school or college. I can't remember, but basically the same exact thing. And uh, I can't remember when it changed. But anyway, it was a it, like, you know, it destroyed the all the mom and pop video stores in my town. It was like the big one that everyone just went to. So it was called West Coast Video first, then Blockbuster. And uh I remember going there, you know, you'd go there on like a Friday night and Saturday night. And it was kind of, first of all, the good thing about the video store, what it did, and I was just talking to my wife about this, is it was a sense of, of like community. It was, it was a, something to do. So we could be like, let's watch a movie. We're going to go to the video store. The video store would kill, like, could potentially kill like two hours of your time. Because you drove there, that's like 10 minutes. 
uh, there you had the fun of driving there. But the cool thing was when you got there, you could spend easily 30 to 60 minutes just looking at all the different, even if you picked out your movie right away. Sometimes you just wanted to walk around and kind of see like what was new, what, what came out. And it would take a while and it was kind of like a, it was actually exercise, you were standing up. It wasn't like sitting up, plugging through the streams, you know? It was actually standing up, <laughs> which is a good thing. But uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. It was like, you could actually just see all the movies there. And what was good about that, so here's what I really, really liked about that time period, because that's basically the end of the time period. That's from high school until movie blockbusters went away. That's basically what happened. Um, there's no more to the story other than, so there are some things that I did like that I thought were cool about the video stores that I did like. First of all, people talk about like the smell and stuff. I, I guess the smell of popcorn. It, so it did remind me, it was like as close to the movie theater as I could get. Like it was like, you know, you were doing something. So that's kind of cool. I, I appreciate that about it. Um, I never bought any of the candy or popcorn there. Um, but what I, there were two things I really liked about video stores um, in late high school, college, and when they actually went out of business in the mid 2000s. So the two things that I really liked Besides the, uh, what I already mentioned about being able to go there and do something, um, is that I liked the fact that I could find obscure movies. So here's a problem that I'm having right now with streaming, is that, it, like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and stuff, I have a very difficult time finding obscure movies, and I have a difficult time, like, remembering old movies that I watched that I want my kids to now watch. And let me explain. So first of all, finding obscure movies. I feel like the AI in Netflix and Hulu is geared towards what's popular. And it's very, it becomes like, it's really hard to dig down that rabbit hole to start to find obscure things. Whereas the video store, I could just go to like the obscure aisle, not the, uh, the most popular one and like just the movies were always there and I could always just see it. it was like much easier to actually see these movies there and I took advantage of that in fact like if there wasn't a video store I probably so I saw the first UFC super early like right when it was like after it happened because it was on video in today's world of Netflix and stuff I that wouldn't happen unless it was like popular on social media but like Remember, when that first UFC came out in the video store, no one was watching it at all. It was one of like the obscure things that not one person watched, just me and my friends that have watched every other movie actually went and watched it because we had seen everything else. And we would like look for these weird, obscure things that no one else was watching. I think it would be a lot more challenging to actually do that today. So I think we're missing out on a lot of that. I think we're being skewed towards like what's trending and what's popular. Um, and I think it's a lot harder to search for those obscure movies. So I think that's a huge downfall. And I think that's something, even like I'm, I'm trying to think back, like what movies did I love as a kid? And like all of a sudden, I like, like someone mentions one and I hear it and I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that movie. But like, I forgot about it. I, if I, there was a video store and I went to a video store, you would just like, every time you walked by that aisle, you would like, see it. And so, like, I feel like there's, like, this, I'm forgetting old movies because I can't, they're not just, they're just not there in, like, front of my face. And the, I, so I feel like those two reasons 
Well, that's really one reason, just the, the finding. Um, I think is a huge reason why I could see video stores still exist, existing. Um, and at the end of this, I'm gonna talk about my model of how video stores could exist today. The other thing that I really liked about the video store, and I totally wouldn't do this today, um, but I did really like it about Blockbuster, is I enjoyed like having my own movies. I really enjoyed owning my own movies, so what would happen, and this totally doesn't happen today at all, um, is that like when Blockbuster was like, let's say Blockbuster bought like, uh, you know, 200 copies of a movie when it first came out. Like the weekend it came out, they had like 200 copies. Well, in like a year, they didn't need 200 copies of that movie anymore. So what they would do is they would sell that movie for like $4. So I would go to Blockbuster when it, you know, whatever day of the week was like Thursdays, they'd put out their movies and I could buy like 10 movies for like $30 that were all like really good. And like I'd get the DVD and like have, or the tape and like have the movie. Like it was awesome. So I really enjoyed like collecting and doing that. And you can't do that anymore whatsoever because if I want to buy a movie, I have to buy it streaming and it's always just full price. It's, there is no like, hey, we're getting rid of these hundred copies. So those are the two things I enjoyed about the, the, the experience of a movie theater that no longer exists. Not movie theater, but, you know, video store that no longer exists. Um, so, let's talk, so now I've talked about that. I've talked about my review of the, the show. I thought it was cool. It was definitely worth watching. Um, really cool show. I, I wanna get, I'm getting to what do I think of the future of the video store. So I thought the show was cool. I think you should definitely watch it. It was really interesting, um, just fun to watch. It was a quick, you know, hour, hour and a half show, maybe, yeah, something like that. It was cool. It was cool, the the lady who is running the last blockbuster, she seems like a really nice person. She was good, a good, like, TV personality kind of thing, like her and her family, they seem like good people. I mean, who knows, but, you know, they just seemed, like, nice, and she cared, it just seemed like she cared about her job and cared about the store and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. So it was appreciated. It was neat to see like people reflect back on their experiences. So it's definitely worth watching. Cool documentary. I'm really, that's like the kind of documentary I love. I'd love to interview her and just talk to her on, you know, one of my interviews where I talk about like her life and what she, like what she, you know, everything that led up to her getting this blockbuster and like what she thinks of it and all kind of, you know, I'd love to do that interview and just talk to her about like old, or like cool stuff about Blockbuster videos, like all these weird questions about Blockbuster. Like she's using like computers from the nineties. Like why didn't she ever, why didn't they, anyone ever upgrade the software and just weird questions like that. I'd love to ask her. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that was all cool. Definitely cool show to watch. Um, yes, it made me reminisce about video stores and stuff. And then I thought, you know, someone said at the end, I could see video stores coming back, like the way that the record stores are like resurging and stuff. And I thought to myself, like, could that really happen? And what value would there be for the consumer, for a video store to come back up to life? And I came up with, you know, like quickly, just thinking about it, like an idea of how a video store could actually exist that I think would bring value to people that would get people to potentially go to it um, and, uh, could actually work and make money. Okay, so let's talk about it. So, you know, go back to the way video stores before they went out of business. So, you know, think about, like, the video store. 
So what could a video store do to still stay in business and how can one exist? So here's how it could happen. Um, first of all, as I explained, I really like the idea of being able to go to a video store and just see all the movies. It's a much easier way to browse in some ways. Now, streaming browsing has its advantages too, um, but there was advantages to the physical aspect of it. Like I said, like movies I just forgot about and stuff that I, I can't find anymore because I don't remember them, and the video store just had them there. So it was much easier for me to find stuff. So. In that regard, there is an advantage there. So there's a, hey, a video store does this. Also, the video store like sets you up for excitement. Like it's that, hey, I'm going somewhere. It smells like popcorn. Like I'm not going to the, like when you go to the movie theater, you're like pumped up. You're like, I'm at the movie theater. Well, the same thing, the video store had that same effect. You'd be like pumped for the weekend. Like I got these three movies. Like I went here. Maybe we got popcorn, pizza, whatever else, but stuff that you could get at the video store, like they had candy and stuff like that. So I think that there's a market for like that experience of people going. Now, obviously I would never want to rent like a DVD. Like that would totally not be fun because you have to return it. And that's like, sounds all of a sudden sounds like work. So what they could do is you get a video store that partners with someone like Amazon that has every single rental and you go to the video store, you tell them what you want, you find your movie, and then it's just like sent to you digitally. And then you can watch it, you know, for two days or whatever, however long. So that's how it could work because it, it gets you the experience, gets you out of the house, gets you the experience of, you know, the smell of the popcorn. Also, it gets you kind of excited, pumped up. Maybe you get some candy and some fun stuff because it's a weekend. Um, it also allows you to browse all those movies in a much better way. You find what you want and then you rent it digitally. I think that model could potentially work. I also see a model where some people would prefer to maybe have DVDs and stuff, but I think they're like an outdated technology that we don't really need. Um, unless like, you know, the world ends kind of thing and we just have like solar power and like you could watch something, but you can't stream. So in that case, it'd be nice to have them. But uh, yeah, I think there is a model where this could potentially work. Um, I don't know, I'd be, I'd be really interested to pilot that model and see how it could, you know, I could think of other ideas, other ways to monetize it as well. You know, I don't think it could ever be what video stores were, but I think there's a, I think there's a model there that is profitable and could potentially do really well, um, that people would be interested in and, and, you know, I think that, you know, getting into a larger topic, as I explained to my wife, I think that technology has a lot of unintended consequences and they're not always good and they're not always better. And one of them is that we lost that ability to really browse movies well. We're, we're, I feel much more limited in my scope of, even though I have all these movies in, by the palm of my fingertips at home and streaming, I have a problem searching them. Uh, the categories aren't good. They just don't have everything. Some are free, some are not. It's confusing about how much they are and and what one is this one free? Do I feel like paying? It's something about going to the video store and paying five dollars never bothered me, but something about like going to Amazon.com and paying five dollars does bother me. I don't know why, but there's like this mental trick that's happening there, and I feel like. I feel like places like Amazon would actually make more money from their movies if there was like an Amazon video store. 
Um, so yeah, so if you see that happen, they got the idea, they stole it from me, so they could need to pay me for that idea that I just, that business model that I just gave them. Um, but I do see a viable model there in, in that. And that way people wouldn't have to return it and stuff like that, you know, there'd be no like drop off. But they get their idea, basically like you're paying for a place to get your idea for a movie, which I think is really cool. Because I mean, it sets up your weekend, it's a big deal sometimes. You know, and I get why it's good to browse and stuff, but it's kind of cool to go somewhere, especially like you're on a date, like you, you go and you pick out what you guys want to watch. Like it's kind of cool instead of just sitting there on the couch and doing it. It's not as fun. It's like that you get that experience of like funny things that happen in the video store. Oh, look at this movie's funny. Like that might not happen when you're just browsing like the top 10 like things that everyone's watching right now. So, you know, that's kind of my reflection on it. Um, thought it was a cool show and yeah it made me think about some stuff and you know I got my old stuff here my you know my old video case from Nintendo games you know some of my old movies which I still have like the OG original original ET VHS hour 55 minutes cannot copyright this thing man remember that copyright like it's right on here like on the cover like if you if you copyright this the fbi is coming for it. like they warned you in the beginning of every single movie like that copyright symbol is like stapled in my head forever you know but yeah this one's weird it's got like a green like vhs tapes were kind of weird like it's got like the green I don't know what's going on there, but it's got green on it, which is kind of cool. I don't know what that means. So anyway, yeah, that's my little reflection on this. Um, and, you know, share your video experience. You know, let me know in the comments um, what you thought of the show, if you watch it and you should, or what you just think of video stores and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's it. So I hope everyone um, is doing well and later, everybody.